0: I would not be opposed, if Bonner is out, to running out Andrew Beasley, i oh, sorry, Peasley at 5,100. Hi. Probably shouldn't be allowed to do this podcast after Utah State's performance, uh, but yeah, this is Swyp Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Edcock, episode 58. So, um, funny story. Saturday noon kickoff. I'm refreshing Twitter profusely, trying to find information on who is starting at quarterback for Utah State. Can't find it anywhere. Um, so I turn on the, the te- telecast. Got the sound on. You know they're talking like you know we talked to coach and who's going to be the quarterback. He said you know Logan Bonner's our guy. And I had Logan Bonner everywhere because I thought well. If they aren't saying anything I'm just gonna assume that there's no news and Logan Bonner is the quarterback so it turns out yes you know he's our guy we're sticking with him blah, blah 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 and if you watch that game you know what I'm about to say he was so bad that they eventually pulled him for Peasley and then I'm like alright well this slates pretty much in the trash for me because I have Bonner as my quarterback ever I'm getting I think game may have negative points at that time Peasley then plays even worse they put Bonner back in. I'm like, oh, wait, there's a chance to sell or something. Maybe I got this back. Well, he ends up playing even worse and pretty goes back in to finish the game. I mean, it was just the whole entire offense was a disaster. I mean, there's such bad turnovers um, in general. It's such a disappointment, but um, it was it was comical because probably I would say an hour into the game, I was like, well, I guess I'll start looking at my night games, which I think um, if you did listen to the night segment last week, I think those two running backs actually worked out pretty well, so. Um, that was uh, something to kind of salvage uh, the week a little bit. So, but anyway, I uh, just had to mention that and uh, complain a little bit there. Why not? On to this week. Uh, we're gonna start out here with uh, CFB DFS for week five. Let's waste no more time and jump in right away. <laughs> All right, welcome in one and all. Uh, big 12 game board again this week, so let's get right into it. Again, if you're just listening for the first time, I don't talk about you know, Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Um, we know we want to play those guys. I'm more focused each game on players that I think can help get you value in affording those guys. So I'm talking about more and lower price guys that I'm willing to kind of take a chance on. Um, so we're going to try to get through this board as quick as possible. Let's start it with the game of the week. Ole miss at Bama game of the week for real purposes for DFS purposes for everything so uh it is bama minus 14 and a half over under of 77 and a half um so on the old miss side fairly priced here with the guys we know who they are um i kind of w- wondered if you know maybe i'm maybe if you or anyone else is, are you reluctant to maybe play this offense it's going to be a tougher test on the road tuscaloosa blah blah, blah. my answer is not really um you know, if you remember last year's crazy 63-48 game um, that when they played in Ole Miss last year, there were 647 yards of total offense on for Ole Miss, 31 first downs. They're actually tied early in the fourth quarter of that game. So I don't think that—I'm um, not scared of, of Bama, even though I think their defense up front has a chance to be really good. I think this Ole Miss team, um, they, they're a high-level offense, and they proved that throughout last season and, of course, into this year. Uh, Matt Corral's for real. So uh, just to kind of also mention, too, I was surprised watching Florida versus Alabama and how Florida was able to really put up a lot of yards, 440 total of offense on Bama, 245 on the ground. So, um, yeah, maybe this this front is going to take a while to get to that really high level that they're expected to be at. And Just to kind of make a reference for last year's game as well, too, Ole Miss ran for 268 yards in that game uh Snoop Connor was had 128 and two touchdowns himself he's at 3900 for Ole Miss and you're gonna see three running backs there so um I think he they're definitely gonna want to run the ball again as well with, with their backs with Matt Corral so um yeah I think he's a little interesting at 3900 on the Ole Miss side private receivers Jonathan Mango at 6100 and Braylon Sanders 48 also uh you know fairly priced but I think in the game like this can probably outperform those modest prices so definitely someone to take target here obviously we're going to try to get as many people in this game in your lineups as possible i mean this with that time of total it's going to be super popular and it has a chance to pay off super high upside so definitely want to target this game on the bam side, the one guy i wrote about on fake pigskin.com please chill, check that out um jaleel Billingsley, tight end uh, so to open the season he was kind of in Saban's doghouse. There were some, you know, maturity or work ethic, disciplinary issues they talked about. Not exactly sure what it was, but anyway, he um, saw Cam- Cameron Latute overtake him as the first tight end on the depth chart. The two scores, for two touchdowns in the opener against Miami, thinking, okay, maybe Billingsley's taking a back seat here. Well, I think he's kind of exited that doghouse a little bit. He's gotten two scores the last two weeks. Um, last week, I know it was against Southern Miss, but he was the top receiver with, I think, five, 105 in one line so I think even though Latou is still playing as well I because Billingsley is almost operates as kind of a wide receiver he's kind of that OW offensive weapon I think that he's still going to be running with the ones and he's going to be running you know in receiver sets as well and if you watch last year even with all the studs they had around him when they got him the ball he looked explosive and he was making all kinds of you know, big jump ball catches you know super athletic I think he's a guy that um, at 3600 right now. You know, when they get a full four quarters of action like they should in this game, anyone in this offense is going to have super high upside and a chance to you know, have a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and especially in a game like this. So I think at 3600 is one of my favorite targets of the week, and I think he could be in line um, to you know be safe. I think that I think he's safe in a game like this where maybe four or five catches and he has crazy upside too in a game like this like we talked about so 3600 love Billings League I think you should consider it love that motorcycle in the background all right uh also make sure you confirm B Rob's status at running back uh if he happens to not play uh, Jason McClellan would have a huge rise on his ceiling at 5900 so be sure to check that do you have to play both QBs and you know the Super Flex, Matt Corral, and Bryce Young in the QB? If you're doing that, I, I may I may try that in one of my lineups. I'll probably set maybe three or four and have one of those be that. But I think there are other options where we're gonna talk about later that you can pay down a QB. So, like in the next game, Louisville at Wake, Wake is minus 761 and a half. On the Louisville side, I definitely whiffed on Jalen Mitchell last week at running back. That was disappointing, but I still think he has value for the same reasons I talked about last week um at 5100 to that price He still is gonna get the, the lead role um and it should be a pretty they're a pretty high scoring offense matchup is solid over under solid here should be plenty of points so I think he's gonna go back to being able to perform get value at that price and probably outperform that price only thing that limits his upside a little bit I would say is uh, Malik Cunningham it does get a lot of rushing attempts on the goal line so that does kind of limit it but I still think um it's good offense competent quarterback play uh, and he's the lead back so at 5100 solid value wide receivers for Louisville uh, Braden Smith now out for season uh, Tyler Harrell had a big touchdown to open their game against Florida State last week he's at 3k that contest minimum price a little interesting there also who's gonna you know soak up this production from Braden Smith you know maybe Amari Bruce Higgins is a candidate he had one big game earlier this year already he's at 3700 so someone to consider as a paid on option at receiver but really it's tight end Marshawn Ford who's kind of the de facto wide receiver one in this uh, offense right now, 4,700 this week, uh, solid price floor candidate, uh guy at wide receiver. On the wake side, uh, I think there's kind of sneaky upside in this offense this week. We have a 27 ish game projection from Vegas. So I think, you know, guys like the one guy I want to talk about, who I also wrote about on fake picks and receiver, Jaquari Roberson at 5,100. He is my top favorite with a bullet price floor upside combo on the board at any position um he had a 9 138 one line in this matchup last year and if you remember last year watching this team or or following this team at all in dfs he was up in like the 7k range for most of the season he was routinely putting up monster lines he's the true number one receiver on this team i know at perry um has had one big game this year and kind of has skewed this overall stats and maybe you think maybe Roberson is now the 1-1-A to A.T. Perry, but I don't know. I think as the time goes by in the season, they get more normal game flows, right? Uh, I think that Roberson will end up continuing to be the clear number one target in this offense for quarterback Sam Hartman, who is averaging 22 DK points this season. I think there's a nice upside to him um, in this game here. and I think he's a solid pay down option. If you want to cut one of those guys like Bryce Young or Corral, you just want to play one of them, and you wanna play the other super flex, another quarterback, I think he's a solid pay down option. I think he can get you 25, 30 points in a matchup like this. Um, As far as the running backs go, you're gonna see three of them. I think Beal Smith, Christian Beal Smith, that is, does have um, a decent upside again in this offense this week, in this game. I I kind of like, I'm liking the upside overall in this offense for Wig. Also, just to mention, wide receiver Taylor Moore, 4,300. He's a, you know, slot guy give him the ball in space he's gonna be relied on by um Hartman a lot to just you know possession receiver I think he's good for like five catches so someone to consider 4300 let's move on to Texas at TCU just three hours separates Austin Fort Worth and Texas is road favorite at minus four and a half over under of 66 and a half new qb1 casey thompson coming off six total touchdowns last week 8400 now um, not expecting six total touchdowns obviously every week but um clearly he's shown he can be productive in the right spots he, he went to wide receiver xavier worried for three scores in that game and um jordan winton had a solid production as well against texas tech well who didn't they scored 70 points uh he's at 5500 yeah he had 593 and one in that game so it looks like they may be the top two targets I still think, um, going back to last year, Joshua Moore was, was the top receiver in this offense. I think he'll pop at some point. He led the team, catches yards and TDs last year. Nine TDs. So I think he's proven he can be productive. Um, whether or not that continues with Casey Thompson at quarterback, not so sure. Didn't, they're going to have the same connection that him and Sam Allinger had from a year ago, but still he's proven he can be productive. Um, and I think... I think at some point he's going to have that big game and it's probably that 3,800 will go away. So someone to keep in mind is a pay down option. Maybe he's a little sneaky upside for 3,800 Joshua Moore. Uh, let's go down to tech, TCU. On that side, we saw talked about Tay Barber the last week. Is that CMP, contest minimum price candidate. Well, he blew up, uh, had his big game, and now he's, at, I think, it up to 4,800. So that's gone. JD Spielen continues to be down at 3,300. I think he could be, again, a candidate to um, you know, outperform that price he has a pretty solidified role in the offense where he's going to get maybe three four catches each week and this is a high scoring game so it projects to be a high scoring game i should say just like utah state did um so yeah Seals has got to consider in that range and the rest of tcu is fairly priced i'm not going to talk about uh, those guys but this may be a solid pivot off of bama Ole Miss, if you don't want to pay those prices for corral or um bryce young the quarterbacks in this game you know, duggan Casey Townsend, decent pivot there. Uh, next game is Oklahoma at Kansas. 10.5. Oklahoma's minus. Over under 52. So we talked about it last week a lot. Just the ceiling on this offense is um, much lower. And it's going to continue to stay that way. And if you watch that game uh, last Saturday night at Home Wings Virginia, there was fans chanting. Uh, for the backup that you could, it was within uh, earshot of spencer Rattler. it's just really uncomfortable uh, don't condone that that's a little savage but um anyway it, it's just it is what it is right now i'm just gonna have to wait and see for this offense to see where it can go with rattler at the helm or maybe who knows i'm not sure so, i'm not so sure i'd be surprised at all to see a change maybe um just seeing how things go they barely got by west virginia so Marvin Mims is also the value for him is on a milk carton. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of, kind of out on Oklahoma. Besides maybe Eric Gray, that's all I can really um, say. And it's, it's just they gotta prove it. So on the other side of the Kansas State, um, yeah, it's a fawn, or bust. Nothing's changing with um, that narrative there for DFS purposes. On to the next game, USC at Colorado. USC is minus 7 over under 51. Uh, I think wide receivers, Taj Washington at 4,300, and Gary Bryant Jr. at 5,100 have decent value for USC. Um, Jackson Dart, the quote-unquote backup, I don't know if he's a backup, he's week-to-week week apparently with an injury. Uh, he's more expensive than Slovis. I wrote LOL. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so sure what that says for Slovis um, to know that he's injured, probably not playing, and still more pricey. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, do, do what you want to do. This is kind of a tougher matchup here. I'm not really into these quarterbacks at all um, here against Colorado anyway. Probably out on this offense altogether uh, besides Drake London. Uh, tough matchup, and the line is just kind of scary. I mean, just minus seven. It's just kind of maybe telling you something. So, on the Colorado side, pretty straightforward. Uh, we're out besides running back Jake Broussard. And, um, but it can work both ways, right? I mean, right now I would say that USC just allowed 322 rushing yards to Oregon State last week at home in a first loss at home to Oregon State since 1960. So obviously uh, not a very good effort there and showing that they're not very um, good against the run, seeing that it was Oregon State. But it can be said the same thing. You could say that, well, isn't this a good matchup for USC's defense, right? Playing just a weaker, uh, run-heavy offense that is, is really predictable. So... I, I, as much as I'd like to say I like Jake Broussard's upside this week, and this might be the week where he can actually do something with the offense. I don't know, this offense is so run heavy. Uh, it's you know No one has to respect their passing game so they can just load up the box and uh, make it harder for guys like Jake Broussard. So even though I think he's talented, this might be a good spot. Might look elsewhere uh, considering he's 5,500. Moving on to the next game. It is Ohio State at Rutgers. The Buckeyes are minus 15 and a half over under of 56 and a half I think the main story on the Ohio State side, uh, Ohio State side uh, is Travion Henderson appears to be the clear lead back in getting the lion's share of the carries. Uh, and He exploded against Tulsa for like 270 yards. Uh, he's at 6,600, and that might uh, be the last time we see him lower than 7K. I don't know if it's gonna be 60-40, 70-30 split um, with Mayan Williams and Master Teague as the backups, but um, I think it's pretty clear. This is a big recruit that's been really hyped up and they want to get him the ball. And I, I think the first few games, they kind of brought him along, but they just kind of unleashed him against Tulsa and he uh, he exploded. And I think they'll want to rely on uh, the run game as well while they're kind of still putting, um, getting kind of break, breaking in straddle a little bit, even though I think Straddle is fine. He will be fine. I think they're going to want to take advantage of that big offensive line and uh, push people around. So that said, um, going up against Rutgers, Rutgers did hold U of M running backs at 3.3 yards per carry. Just to keep that in mind, um, they are, they're tough defensively and they're physical. I'm not so sure that they'll be able to hold Henderson and the Buckeyes in check, of course, and that's a different thing. And Michigan's also very predictable. They're super run heavy and no one really respects their pass so you can load up on their run. Um, But just something to keep in mind. Stroud in the big three at receiver, obviously, um, you have Wilson, is finally priced uh, appropriately i think he's now no, no, towards 7k uh, and the other two guys olavi and smith those guys are all, always um those guys can put up numbers against anybody so don't be surprised if anyone goes for 100 yards touchdown they're all priced appropriately now uh, on the other side Bo melton or isaiah pacheco or out um, and even here I, I know that ohio state d is still pretty leaky um, they did surrender 501 yards at tulsa so those guys could be usable at their prices I think they're both sub 5k but um those are the only two usable guys on Rutgers let's move on to Tennessee at Missouri Missouri is minus three over 64 and a half for Tennessee it's the QB status we don't know um they won't name a starter between Hendon Hooker and Milton yet um I think they're, they're solid value here because the over under the matchup appears to be pretty good but I don't know who's playing at quarterback i don't even know if i trust the quarterback play in general and workload uncertainty with the running backs Tyon evans Javari small I, I just it for what you have to pay for Tyon evans at 62 i don't know that i'm that interested like for example do you want to pay 6600 for trayvon henderson or 6200 for Tyon evans when he's basically in a 50 50 split so I, I don't know that i like um the tennessee offenses like, like i said workload uncertainty quarterback play. It's just not there for me to trust. The other thing I wanted to mention was just Jalen Hyatt, supposed to be kind of their you know, number one receiver guy in the past game. He's at 3,800. Hasn't been really productive at all thus far. Not sure what exactly is going on. I haven't watched a ton of Tennessee, but um, yeah, I, I think he's someone to consider. I, I would assume at some point he's going to have a big game and uh, you might want to take advantage at 3,800. On the other side, Mizzou kind of similar thoughts um with mizzou as i had with um what, wake forest I, I think it might be a decent week to invest based on you know, the matchup with the over-under is telling you and i think wide receiver kiki chisholm at 5200 very solid value clear top option for connor basilak um, he's his pass ratings up 20 points only threw for one td twice last season already done that three times in four games and his yards per attempt is up about a half a yard. So I think um, he's coming on as a starter here in a matchup. I think he's around maybe under 7K. So someone considers a pay down option, I I kind of like um, the upside. It's a little sneaky upside in this offense this week. That's it for that game. Let's go to Oregon and Stanford where the motorcycles are in the background again. I can't believe the music they play in addition to the motorcycle it's like when is it loud enough anyway oregon minus eight um, over under of 59 and at stanford um duck prices are all fair the one guy i want to talk about as a lower price receiver that i talked about earlier in the year is troy franklin um he's at 3,400. i think this is probably a little bit of a mistake i think he's safe to get you you know two three catches it appears that's kind of what his lines have been lately and I think there's also there's you know, a breakout will come at some point against a, a you know, poor team like Stanford. It could be the one. So I think you know at some point he's going to have that game to get him you know up in the four or five K range. So um, it's definitely something to consider. That's all I want to say on the Oregon offense. For Stanford, running back Austin Jones status up in the air. Um, that could rise the ceiling on Nathaniel Pete if he is out at 5,500. And then wide receiver Elijah Higgins at 4,900. He's emerging as a clear wide receiver one. He has 14 catches for 201 yards and two touchdowns the last three games. So I think at 4,900, he's the one person I would consider in Stanford's offense besides Pete. If Austin Jones is out, that is it for that game. This next one will be quick. U of M at Wisconsin, U of M minus one, over under of 43 and a half. So if Rutgers can, you know, marginalize the U of M run game, which is pretty much all they're doing. This is a true true stat. The only teams that have attempted less passes are Army, Navy, and Air Force than Michigan. That's true. So, because all they want to do is run the ball, and Rutgers was able to really shut them down, especially in the second half of that game, and hold running backs to 3.3 yards per carry in the entire game, Wisconsin, who's averaging I think giving up 25 rush yards a game just bottled up Kyron Williams great back um yeah I I want nothing to do with Michigan not paying the prices for what I gotta pay um and on the Wisconsin side you know last week I kind of wanted to give Graham Mertz benefit of the doubt I was kind of like kind of like sneaky upside on this offense this week um no he stinks so we are out altogether on the Wisconsin offense it probably over under 43 probably go under so let's move on to Cincy at Notre Dame Cincy is minus two and a half over under 51. a guy I want to talk about another CMP contest minimum price candidate Josh Wiley the tight end for Cincinnati he is the returning leading receiver on this team his line again in a COVID stricken season last year they didn't play a full lot of games he had 28 catches for for 353 yards and six touchdowns the catches were two on the team the yards were one touchdowns were one he's gone off to a slow start in 2020 two catches in the opener one catch last week in their first quote-unquote normal game flow um, with against um indiana well, no was it against i think it was indiana anyway the point is a lot of these teams he and georgia especially have had probably most of their games at this point whether they played three or four They haven't been against, you know, they've been like crazy game flow where it's like 35 nothing the second quarter. You're not seeing offenses operate normally. You're getting four full quarters of action. So I think with Cincinnati Notre Dame, we're still gonna see these guys play normal game flows and see what these offenses are. So I think that's why Wiley's price is so chopped down to where it's at 3K. I think he's kind of being overlooked. They're not factoring in what his production was last year and how big of a party the offense he was for Desmond Ritter. So, um, anyway, someone to consider at the minimum price of 3k, and then wide receiver Alec Pierce at 4,300. I also like he's coming off a game where he had five catches, 86 yards, one touchdown. Um, and then Ritter and Ford, I don't really have a I mean, the running back Jerome Ford, um, he's the lead back. I don't really have opinions on either of them. I think they're appropriately priced, so do what you will there on the other side for me it's it's michael Mayer or bust at 5500 for the irish uh it's crazy to see kyron williams uh, at 5k but um you know wisconsin completely took him away last week and since he just held iu running back Stephen card at 2.5 yards per carry so um yeah this is a really just defensive team in cincinnati really really well coached and i think they'll be all over kyron williams trying to make whoever plays quarterback for notre dame beat them so on to Arkansas at Georgia. Georgia's minus 18 and a half over under a 48 and a half. We got like a 33, 15-ish script here. Uh, with Arkansas, it, you know, it's the big three are the only playable guys. It's quarterback KJ Jefferson, running back Traylon Smith at 4,900. Why does it be Traylon Burks at 5,600? Traylon Burks coming off a huge game. I think it's hard to expect that two weeks in a row, especially in a really tough matchup like this. So, um, I'm probably not gonna be out on Arkansas, but those are the only three guys that are even playable, especially in a matchup like this. So um, that's all I'm gonna say there. On the Georgia side, you know, again, talking about going back to that Cincy game flow thing, you know, Georgia's only had really one game and that was against Clemson that had normal, you know, four quarters of action with the starters. So this is their second opportunity for that um, and with JT Daniels and a full compliment of his receivers. The one guy I really want to talk about who wasn't healthy at the beginning of the year is now coming back and getting into the rotation with the starters is Kiris Jackson, wide receiver. He's 3,200. Um, last season, his numbers for the team, 36 catches, 514 yards, three touchdowns. The catches were number one, yards were number one, touchdowns were number two. Um, this guy was a very productive receiver in this offense last year. And he's just being overlooked because he missed action early on in the season, and he, he was kind of bringing him back along slowly. So I think at 3200, is really interesting. He's had two catches in each of the last two games with the ones before it got out of hand. So it wasn't you know some backup situation. He's playing with the starters. And um, I think it's reasonable in a game where they should have four full, full quarters of action with these number ones. I think it's reasonable that he can get you two, three catches like he has been and then i don't think it's crazy to say that it could end up being five or six just with the full normal game flow so i I definitely someone i I think i'm considering playing this week before he has that game and he's now at like forty-five hundred or 5k i want to take advantage i do believe it will come at some point um the other guys i want to mention were the freshman um receivers lad mcconkey and adani mitchell he's at 4100 mitchell is and lad is at 4200 i think uh, they'll be interesting i want to see this is just going to be interesting to see who's really in the rotation all the time at receiver and then of course who's productive as well um out on georgia running backs as usual are just cost too much too much of a headache i think it's basically um a wash as to you know who gets the lead who's the line share of the carries i don't think anyone knows including the coaches so ah uh, let's move on to the last game Texas Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia is minus seven and a half over under 57. On the Texas Tech side, it's the running back status of Taj Brooks and Sir Thompson. Now last week I said, hey, if Thompson is out, Brooks is a great value. Um, Turned out, Brooks sat out and Sir Thompson played uh, pretty much got the majority of the work as the lead back. He's at 4,800 right now. I think, if, you know again, if, if Brooks sticks out, I think that would be pretty solid. If he plays, I think it's kind of a stay-away situation. I don't know how any of them are going to be used. Uh, wide receivers are fairly priced. I'm probably going to look elsewhere because they have a new starter and QB Henry Columbia because Tyler show is now hurt. And it's on the road, kind of a tougher matchup with a pretty stingy defense in West Virginia. So probably just staying away from that situation. On the West Virginia side, I love running back Letty Brown at 6,900. I think there's actually kind of value there to 6,900 to be honest. Um, so I'm probably gonna have him everywhere. I mean, he just he has everything you want: good game script, good matchup. Uh, he, he's an all-down back, played no goal line vulture. So exactly the type of guy you want. He checks all those boxes. 6,900 is a great price here in this matchup. And then, of course, it's wide receiver roulette continues with these guys. Um, it's Winston Wright Jr., uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, and Sam Jones is the trio every week. Who's productive? No one really knows. Just for reference, if you want, uh, Winston Wright Jr. in this matchup last year. Had a career-high nine catches and 126 yards in that game. The catches were a career-high. So take that for what it is. Overall, I think there's kind of sneaky value again in this um, offense with West Virginia this week. It's, it's a nice matchup. We saw what Texas Tech gave up last week to texas so i think uh maybe you could take advantage of Jarrett daggy the quarterback another decent pay down option but uh yeah kind of maybe take a chance on, on some of these receivers maybe this week maybe, maybe it's the right week to actually try to make sense of that so um that is it that is the board you did it, i did it, we did it i want to thank you for listening but don't go anywhere but take a quick break come back get into the night slate all right, it is a uh, eight game board for the night slate. In week five, let's get right in with Kansas at Iowa State. Iowa State minus 34, over under fifty seven and a half. 57 and a half. Oh, I was trying to sit here and see if I could talk myself into uh, quarterback Jason Bean for Kansas at a uh, 5K. I always like to find these uh, cheap plays at QB. Um, and try to fill out, you know, my roster with the best running backs and receivers, just because of sending the pass. you can get like 20, around 20 points, I think you're, you're doing your job there at the QB position. And at 5K, I'll just make a case. He's averaging 23 DK points per game. He scored a touchdown in every game, multiple scores in three of four games, and he has that dual threat rushing stats upside. I think he's rushed for at least. 50 yards in every game. Someone needs to reach out to me on Twitter and talk me out of it. But uh, that's all I'm going to say for Kansas. I'm kind of tempted. And then uh, on the Iowa State side, we know what the packing order is. Not going to go into it. They're all fairly priced. Um, yeah, you know, try to find a way to get Brees Hall in your lineup. Sure. On to Liberty at UAB. UAB is minus one and a half over under 49. I think there's some intrigue in a CMP, contest minimum price candidate, with wide receiver Noah Frith. He's a bit under the radar because he's been hurt in their first few games. He's been back the last two, he's caught a couple balls in each. Um, If you look at past stat lines um, in the previous season, um, he's typically gonna pull down three or four catches. He was um, mostly their uh, number one or number two receiver last season. So I think just because he's been hurt, um, he's not being priced out correctly and someone who's kind of intriguing if you're looking to just get maybe, you know, two, three catches from a CMP candidate I think he's one to consider. RBs are a mess at This for this team, I'm just avoiding it, and the rest of the team is fairly priced. Um, true story, I uh, I have Malik Willis on one of my uh, dynasty, uh, Debbie teams in fantasy football. That's how sick and twisted I am. So uh, kind of excited to see him in the contest this week. On the other side with UAB, uh, wide receivers Garrett Prince, 6K, and Trey Shropshire at 5K or kind of out on this team, but I think both those guys uh, present some nice value here in this matchup. Maybe running back Dwayne McBride at 4,800, that's a pretty decent price for a guy who just had 18 carries and 111 yards last week. He's averaging over 5 yards per hair this season, so... Again, if you want to pay down a running back, that might be a decent option. Otherwise, I'm kind of out on this game. But I have another running back I want to talk to you about, and it's in the next game: Northwestern at Nebraska. Nebraska minus 11.5 over 151 and a half. We're out on the Wildcats. Uh, Nebraska front defensively a little better than people think. They bottled up my Kenneth Walker for MSU last week, and he's been fantastic all year long. So um, I think if they can do that to him, I definitely can see them doing that to Evan Hall um, at home as well. So I'm um, not going to pay up for him. In fact, I'd rather pay for the Nebraska running back. My guy from last week, Ramir Johnson, I think he came through with 21 total touches, 87 total yards at uh, the minimum contest price. He's at 4,100. And I think here, there's just a little bit of sneaky value on the Nebraska offense as a whole. Great matchup with Northwestern. So I, if you're asking me, I think Ramir Johnson could actually have a better fantasy day than Evan Hall for the Wildcats. And he's at 4,100, so definitely someone I think if you're paying down a running back, I think he's probably one of the best values on the board. Uh, also, check for the status wide receiver, Oliver Martin. Um, if he's out, uh, Xavier Betts, pretty solid value, 3,600. He led the team with a five catch 62 line last week. So I think he could get some value again. Overall, I think the ceiling is up here on the Huskers in a solid matchup against the hapless Wildcats of Northwestern. Next game. It is Western Kentucky Hilltoppers at my Spartans of Michigan State. MSU minus 11 over under 64 should be a popular game with the total and kind of just the general matchup. Um, MSU really deficient in pass defense, um, just one of their weakest areas on the team. And you got Western Kentucky coming in with the air raid offense. It's Bailey zap and Jared Stearns, the Houston Baptist transfers. They throw the ball all over the place. And that's why uh, in this nice matchup with MSU, I think the complimentary receivers to Jared Stearns, Mitchell Tinsley and Malachi Corley, great values at under 5K, 4,700 on Tinsley, 4,900 on Corley. These, they throw the ball so much. These guys are good for like five or six catches as a floor and more with upside for more, I should say. So um, yeah, I love those guys to fill out some of my receiver slots, great value there. On the other side of Michigan State, we kind of know what they are by now. It's Peyton Thorne quarterback, Kenneth Walker the third running back, and Jaden Reed are the big guys. They're all priced out fairly. Uh, if you're looking for a little value, um, Trey Mosey led their team in receiving last week with six catches and 70 yards. Um, he's I think under 4K still, so maybe a little value there. Let's move on to Indiana at Penn State. Penn State minus 13 over under 53 and a half. Um, probably my. Jaquari Roberson of the night Slate is Ty Freifogel is it 5100 I think this is just kind of a mistake if you go back and look at his game logs in the previous year you see the upside he's capable of anytime you have a guy like that I think there should be a six coming after his name at the very minimum and that's what usually was coming by his name last year I think he was even in some slates in the 7k range just because of how um high his production could be in certain spots so at I think a great value there. Also keep in mind that Florida State transfer wide receiver DJ Matthews is out for season now. I think the ceilings go up on Freifogel and definitely tight end Peyton Hendershot at 4,200. I think those are really good values um, in this slate. Even look at Miles Marshall as a wide receiver. Um, he should also see a slight bump in production at 3,800. So that's what I like on the Indiana side. Penn State, again, we kind of know what this team is by now. Sean Clifford, Jahan Dotson at receiver and Parker Washington as the second guy. Um, Noah Kane at running back they're all pressed appropriately no need to go into it let's move on to Mississippi State at Texas A&M Texas A&M minus seven over under 45 and a half and I kind of missed on this Jaden Wally um, pick for receiver last week with Mississippi State and I got to watch almost all of that game and here's the deal and what's going to kind of happen with the receivers and running back production week to week it's all going to depend on how the defense plays and what LSU did is basically they, they dropped eight and rushed three the entire game and what this did is it caused Will Rogers to always just survey the field and immediately check down to the running backs, Woody Marks or Dylan Johnson. So you see their members in the box score and you say, are these guys receivers? Because they have like eight or nine catches apiece? No, these are running backs. And this is like the entire game. They're making them go down the field, dink and dunk for you know, 16, 17 play drives, basically counting on them to just kind of make a mistake. So I actually think it was a pretty good game plan. It worked out pretty well in their favor. And if teams do play them like this and don't man up at all, um, you're going to see those running backs pile up receptions and probably take a little bit of the value off of the wide receiving core. If the opposite happens and they do, do go man up, and I know a and likes to run a lot of man, I think you then see a lot of the receivers numbers go up and the running backs probably don't. So that's what you're going to be looking at week to week. It's just going to depend on how the defense plays them. So it's it, anyone's guess as to how what AM will do. But I think uh, if they watched that last game, I would do the same thing. So just keep it in mind when you're uh, picking between the running backs and receivers for Mississippi State. On the AM side, running back receiver Anaya Smith, total misprice at $4,900. Um, I think especially in a better matchup this week against Mississippi State. Georgia was just, i um, sorry, Arkansas was just, um, their defensive line was just a menace. And they couldn't really get anything going with the passing game. So I think this week, much better matchup, um, Aniah Smith can be a great value at 4,900. And also keep an eye on the status of Caleb Chapman and Chase Lane, who both did not play last week. Uh, If they're out again, I think the ceilings go up on Anaya Smith and maybe DeMond Damas as well at 4,400. And overall, just, I think, much smoother sailing for the offense this week than Arkansas. So guys like Isaiah Spiller should have a really nice uh, spot to be productive. Let's move on to Baylor at Oklahoma State. It is Oklahoma State minus three and a half over under a 47 and a half. Now, thing to keep in mind with Baylor's win over Iowa State, a little deceiving. Um, Iowa State actually outgained them 479-282. to I had 27 first downs to Baylor's 15. And really the big difference in the game that kind of turned it on its side was two punt returns turned into 10 points for Baylor. One was a 98-yard punt return for a touchdown, and the other one got them, I think, inside the 20 and led to field goal. And that's kind of what... Flip that game on its side in the second half in, in Baylor's favor. I um, still think the ceiling is just kind of limited in this offense, so I'm kind of likely out here. On the other side, probably also out besides Jalen Warren, running back for Oklahoma State. um Last week, like I said, Brees Hall, like if you, if you look at games at all, Baylor won, Brees Hall still went for 27, 190, and two touchdowns against that Baylor defense. So, uh, Jalen Warren, if you've been paying has been putting up monster numbers. Monster volume two uh, for Oklahoma State. And that's all these teams really want to do is kind of run, run the ball, play a little bit ball control. I think Baylor's 23rd in the country in yards allowed, and Oklahoma State sits around 40th in the country in yards allowed. So uh, you can see by the over-under, probably a defensive game here. So um, we'll move on to the last one, which will be quick. It's BC at Clemson. Clemson minus 15, over-under 46. We have a script of like a 31 to 16-ish year. Uh, but BC, besides Zay, wider Zay Flowers, He's kind of the only playable option in this matchup here for Boston College. So him or out. And then we all know the story last week with Will Shipley, who got hurt. He'll be out a few weeks. And then Kobe Pace should take his spot at running back, get the vast majority of the touches there. So I think it's Pace or bust here with this offense. Um, I like Justin Ross as a talent, but just can't pay the prices for um, what him and DJ Uyung Lele are just because, like we talked about before, I think because of the shaky quarterback play it just limits the upside overall this offense we saw again last week against nc state when they lost so um that is it that's the board nfl is next right it is week four in the nfl it's been an interesting uh first few weeks joined again by uh, the doctor doctor how how are you feeling
1: well bob i'm uh you know i'm two and 13 or three and 12 depending on which which list you you look at um so obviously you know not not very well but um (laughs) you know i have a man of accountability and integrity um you've known me for a long time i'm not one to use spin zones um (laughs) I suck, you know. What are you gonna say? It's just not, it's not good. Um, you know, unlike uh, many journalists and politicians today that just spin stuff and don't take accountability, I'm not gonna do that. Um, I gotta be better. It's on me. And we're gonna, and we're gonna go from there.
0: In other words, in the, in the famous words of Jack Houseman, um, "Dirty Dancing," the dad. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I,
1: I'm, I'm not familiar with that line from that movie, but hey. Uh, is that like the end when he
0: when he comes around on 20s, It's I'm guessing. Yes, it's when yeah. uh, you know he comes and says, you know, Robbie was the bad guy. He gets it now. And, uh, okay. When he's, when he's wrong, a, he says wrong. So it was a good that's moment. A, that's an amazing poll there. Uh, thank you. Had that
1: thank you. queued up or not? If that just came from from uh, recall, there, that's I don't know if that's a great thing or, or not because he Dirty oh, you know, no, Dancing a, so well. I, I don't know. Hey, Whatever. That's that's right off the top.
0: Dirty Dancing, is big influence of in my childhood wow okay <laughs> either way hey, i think we can both agree
1: i suck um I, I i think i don't think you've been great maybe you just sucked
0: less is that fair sucked less is probably fair um <laughs> so i'm six and nine on the pod yeah. picks i give okay. out eight and seven in the super contest picks so that's positive but last week i was one and four um and again two um Two bad prop bets. Sterling Shepard had the in-game injury once again. That, that's always a killer for the prop bets and the over. And then, of course, my mistake was involved. You know, uh, anything to do with the Lions with Quintez Cephus, just don't ever do it. I don't know why, why, why ever would try to involve the Lions in anything. It's just a horrible idea. So, we um, might involve them some later tonight. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Well, let, let's uh let's talk through week four board and some kind of season trends so far. Um... Last week, we had uh, favorites and dogs. Uh, Dogs again won the week at nine and seven. Home road teams, they were eight and eight split. And as far as through three weeks, favorites and dogs, the dogs are winning 29 and 19. Home road, it's the road teams winning at 28 and and 20 clip. Uh, Home favorites last week were five and six. Overall of the season, 10 and 19. Home dogs last week were three and two overall on the season, ten and nine, and the favorites, substantial favorites, which we consider to be seven or greater, um, were five and one last week, overall nine and two on the season, and there wow. have been no no outright losses uh, from those substantial favorites uh, this week. Another sixteen game board, uh, eleven home favorites again five home dogs and six substantial favorites in the form of cincy tonight who does not who looks to be possibly the first outright loser um the bills saints titans chiefs and tb12 on s or is that snf i think yeah snf so um yeah that is what we're looking at where did where did the doctor gravitate with his first pick uh well Uh, we're going to start uh,
1: in Atlanta, the Washington football team uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, big, big heater game. I mean, just high quality football at its finest. That's what that's what drew my attention here. Uh, so, right, both teams are one and two right now. Um, both uh, have wins against the Giants, uh, which probably says a lot about all three teams. But uh, I kind of make or break for the for the season. Uh, I'm not saying any one of these teams really playoff teams, but at least you can have hope for for a few more weeks if you continue to get a couple wins here and there uh so it's, it's you know as bad as a game as it probably will be it's it's big to to these two uh two groups right now so um the washington football team uh is oh and three against the spread so far this year um public is not high in them um at all you know normally you kind of talk about teams getting back to 500 so this may be a time where like public would start to play a little more in Washington. Not the case here. Uh, This game is split right down the middle. However, the line has shifted. um, It opened at Atlanta minus one. As I mentioned, now it's Washington football team minus one and a half. And that's due to the sharp action. So a lot of sharp activity on this game. Uh, We all know I need a win. So I'm aligning with the uh, sharps at this point. makes sense. Washington football team minus one and a half
0: interesting uh we are in agreement all right i uh i have Washington minus one and a half so obviously for this team um you know you laid out everything correctly but i think they had high expectations for this defense it now ranks second to last in yards per game it's 28th against the pass 25th against the run um 29th and third down conversion percentage so look i think this is a a prideful group. Uh, You know, I think Rob Rivera is a competent coach and obviously a lot of those numbers are skewed because of what happened in Buffalo last week where they allowed 481 yards in that loss. So I think coming off that, I think they're going to be kind of humbled. I think they should be uh, ready to bounce back here and and play up at Atlanta against, you know, a a friendlier matchup Atlanta, just three offensive touchdown drives, just three offensive touchdown drives, 50 (laughs) yards or more in three games. And as you know, I love to bet against quarterbacks that are statues, and Matt Ryan is, in fact, one of them. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, <laughs> uh,
1: hey, a couple other ATS points. Um, yes. You mentioned um, they got blown out last week. Uh, teams coming off blowout losses of 20 points or more this season are 5-1 ATS. And then also, uh, over the last decade, keep up with me this one, road <laughs> favorites off of a loss against teams off a win are 78 and 54 which is 59% so a little little value there that's road favorites off a loss against teams off of a win I don't know who tracked that one but there you
0: go that is some hot um, nuggets that's why he's the doctor guys that's, that's, that's I'm like, back baby I'm back that's, that's why he is you won't get that anywhere else besides the SRS podcast by the way we're <laughs> not gonna get anywhere else um alright uh, by the way, I just saw a promo um, for the first London game, and they were pumping Ooh. it's it's the Jets in Atlanta, and I just thought, oh sorry, Lo- I'm sorry, sorry, London, sorry. Oh man! Uh, so wow, that's a good one. That's um, great. So the next game, I'm gonna am I'm gonna go to my next pick. It's uh, we're heading to Philadelphia, and uh, obviously they were awful on Monday Night Football, blown out. I'm kind of hoping and thinking that I'm expecting them to also kind of pick themselves up off the ground here, being at home, they got a, the Chiefs coming in, they're plus seven, big dog. And the thing is with the Chiefs, they're, what's wrong with the Chiefs? They're one and two, can you believe it? It's simple, it's, they're dreadful on defense. They're 30th in yards allowed, 31st against the run, allowing 160 yards on the ground per game. Um, and th- this is—they're tied with the Lions. DFL, <laughs> 30, thirty-one point <laughs> seven points allowed per game. I mean, you—you you can't. Point is, is like they—I mu- think they're going to win this game, but you're going to have trouble covering big numbers with defense like that. They're just—it's gonna it's constantly going to be trying to outscore teams and put up thirty-five to forty points in order to win. So, um, I'm taking the Eagles plus a seven against this ratty defense for Kansas City. Wow. I think it's going to be a problem um, all year. You know, look, with a defense like that, it doesn't really matter how good your offense is. In the, in the games so far, I think they've had 35, 36, and like 20, 24 points. So it's like, nothing's wrong with the offense. They're fine. It's just the- this,
1: is a big, this is still a big turning point, though. You know, oftentimes we say, and definitely in the last year, it was, you know, the easy button was just always hit KC or... You're not going to bet against KC, so I mean, you're 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 making a big statement that the defense is that bad that you're willing to uh willing to go against them here.
0: Uh, I I think you know, with big to... ne- I think with big numbers, it's going to be a, I yeah, think they're going to struggle it's, to cover big numbers, and they're going to kind of t- also to protect leads. I think it's just going to be a problem. So, yeah, that's I mean, it's fair. It's just I think it's a
1: big it's a big statement you're making. Uh, I'm not against it. It's, just, it's a big one. All right, well, give me give me a second uh, pick. Yeah, all right, here we go. Um, going to miami uh indianapolis at miami miami's land two um i think i've been wrong on any two out of the first three weeks um i i just cannot believe this team is going to go to and four um it just it just cannot happen you know this is a playoff team um obviously they have a different quarterback but they still should should have enough to kind of get this thing back on track and and get be in discussion for playoffs here in you know week nine and ten get their name back in there so um i'm I'm going towards indy here i mean the dolphins um offense looked pretty good last week uh talking about defenses though i mean they gave up 500 yards and 31 points so they have a garbage defense i think indy's defense is is still pretty strong they've been uh doing their part this season it's the indy offense that's been struggling so the Indy offense will be matched up against this week miami defense there's something there um also uh in the offense in the red zone four tds in 12 trips uh second to last in the league i, I, I yeah that, that can't continue either so i'm going in D plus two we all know i need a win so going with an 0 and three wentz led team makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Wentz yeah. led team. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I
0: think that's going to be my, clip. my... my My opening clip for next week is going to say Wentz led team. There you go. It's, it's it. that, I just took a statue for you. you I'm going to make yeah. that a drop. I'm going to turn that into a drop. Wentz led team. All right. Um, all right. Let me get to my third here. Um, I'm going to put some trust in a, in a favorite here. The Titans, they bounce back nicely after... Very ugly week one loss to the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like this is a professional team. I feel like their coach is competent. He brings a level of professionalism to where I'm going to trust them to go on the road against a terrible team and not pretend it's a bye week. And I'm going to have them covering uh, the seven points against the Jets. And (laughs) another, another thing, too, is I think, you know, these rookie quarterbacks, Zach Wilson in particular, right now, I mean, I'm not saying he can't be good or eventually, but like right here, right now, they've been totally just dreadful. Awful. And there's a point where it's not, it's not that you're playing bad, it's that you're not capable. And right now, I just don't even know if they're capable. So, um, I'm going to trust the Titans to go and take care of business, lay the seven points on the road of Jets. Mm, All right. There you go. Um, all right, I'll move to my third one
1: here. Houston at Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's laid 17 uh, points. Yeah. So, you know, week one, Buffalo did, did not look good. It's looking like a really bad loss against the, the Steelers. Uh, however, since then, they've been, you know, the offense has been firing on all cylinders. They got uh, 78 points in the last two games, an average margin victory of 28 and a half. So for me, a couple very simple questions. I'm assuming that this offense is going to keep doing what it's doing unless there's a defense that can stop it. The Texans certainly aren't gonna be the defense to stop them. So question one is Texans D, can they stop them? No. Okay, so will the Texans offense with Mills under center uh, be able to produce 20 plus points? I think we all watched last Thursday. There's, that's not a very likely outcome. No. Um, so I mean, pretty, pretty simple here. I'm going, I'm going Buffalo minus 17. Um, we all know I need to win. So going with an NFL favorite laying 17 points, that just, that makes a lot of sense.
0: A ton of sense, especially <laughs> considering, you know, like we said, that those those substantial favorites, nine and two yeah, spread. Yeah, that's right a good now. Trend, right? So yeah. I, mean, I just I, normally,
1: it, normally, I have a hard time. Seventeen—that's a lot of points in the NFL, right? Well, we're going back to, I think, Peyton Manning um, against the Jaguar days, like in fourteen or fifteen, where at some point they dropped a twenty number on somebody, I think. But that's a you know, that's a big one. No, those that, see those that,
0: every week. No, no, that's a huge spread. But I think I think it's fair. So, yeah. um, like, like who what what number would you want in order to take the Texans? Like I don't even know. Like it's 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 uh yeah. So uh, no, it's fair.
1: Um all all right. also Bob quit sorry, quick ATS for you. The Bills are eight and one ATS in the last nine games after scoring more than thirty points in their previous game. There okay.
0: you go. That, that's that's hot. That's there. Um, I'm going to take us back to the prop bet for my uh, final two before I reveal my super contest final two picks. Um, Carolina, as we know, CMC is out. Shuba Hubbard takes over as RB1, the rookie out of Oklahoma State. <laughs> His over-under, was we're going over, but um, over-under for receptions is three and a half he had three last week um and that was in limited action where he came in for cmc during the game so i feel like you know a long longer week of practice and reps i feel like he's gonna fill that spot nicely i think going over through three and a half receptions uh is is good that there and that's an even money on draftings right now um and i think he's gonna yeah, surprise some hey, people yeah, yeah bob do you have any other
1: other interest in him as a player
0: what are you talking about the fantasy league
1: <laughs> yeah, do you want to share with the, the listeners um,
0: what, what you did this week? Absolutely. So, I, we, we had a, you know, ever, ever, ever in their fantasy league, had to place a waiver claim um, or, or bid on him for uh, free agency. He was definitely the top uh, get of the week. And I uh, completely overpaid for him, but I'm going to explain why. because I, And I knew I did. I knew I did, but I am 0 3 in this league. And I. I can't afford really another loss or else my season's pretty much going to be over. So I looked at my team, looked at what was available, looked at my options and he's going to be for the next, whether it be the next two, three weeks, doesn't matter. He's going to be my best flex option. He might be one of my best running back options. So I need to win. It's kind of like you in these picks right now. I need to win.
1: Just to to overpay, just to, to put it in perspective. Uh, we are given $100 at the beginning of the year to bid on players. <laughs> I did, did you have, Bob, uh, got 83 on this one, I think it was? Is that right? I think I think it was in the 80s, yeah. Now, did you have any money left or was that it? it was just, I'm putting everything I have. I might have like 10 bucks left out. Okay, what was the second bid? I didn't go look. Did you see? I don't think they reveal the second bit. Oh, uh, they do. You have to just go. You have to actually go to the website and, and click. I might do
0: that while we're talking here. This, okay. Yes. Cause I Well, look. I'm assuming. Look. So I I'm assuming it was at least in the fifties or sixties. I'll be honest. And I wanted to just leave no doubt. I was like, I'm getting this guy. So right. well,
1: you know what you want. There you go. All right. And, and Sorry. Sorry.
0: Go ahead. No, it's funny. It, I think as far as that profit goes, and I'll say this: Carolina is my uh, other ATS pick. They're plus four and a half. I'm going to continue riding them. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people um, as well. You know, people, if they're not familiar, Oklahoma State, he was a workhorse, cowbell type player. He'd get 25, 30 touches a game, and he's very productive, a home run hitter, a lot of speed, can break big plays. So I don't think he's CMC. He's not not going to be that type of player, but can he get 75% of what... CMC gave him. I think he can. I think he's going to have a really high usage rate. So 41. um, 41, 41,
1: 35, 33. I was surprised. I was surprised. Doubled up. Hey, good win. Congrats.
0: Hey, Desperation is a stinky cologne. So (laughs) um, there you go. What can I say? Uh, So, look, I, I, so again, over three and a half catches for him. And then uh, Carolina is my other ATS pick. Um, and then I have a couple more to go, over. I'll let you go back to yours. Okay. All right.
1: Uh, let's go to New Orleans Giants, uh, at the Saints, Saints lane seven. Uh, look, the Giants think it's, it's that simple. Uh, I know they've been competitive in the last two games, but those games were against, uh, a game this weekend We I talked about Washington football team and Atlanta. Uh, so I, am not expecting them to be competitive here. Um, you know, I do think the Saints are, are still trying to figure out the passing game with crab legs. Um, looks like a great week to kind of figure that out a little bit. Uh, the Giants D struggles on uh, passing stats. I think they're ranking the bottom third in most important ones. And even if the Saints can't figure out the, the passing game, they still have a top ten run game and a top five scoring defense. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I like the Saints here minus seven. Um we all know I need a win, so going with Crab Legs as a seven-point favorite it makes a lot of sense. A lot of some sense. Um, you're making a lot of sense tonight. And, yeah. Right. Uh,
0: I, I looked at that game for a while, and I just, I feel like it was too many points um, for Crab Legs to lay at this point. I'm just not, I'm not there yet. I, I think the Saints win. I just, I feel like the Giants are kind of annoyingly competitive, and I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of. I was like, "Stay away, stay away." But you know, good good for you. I, as as always, you're making a ton of sense. Yeah. So, um, uh, all right. I'm gonna go with uh, in the same game, kind of like the Carolina. I have a prop bet, and I have my last ATS pick. It's uh, we're headed to Mile High, and uh, I think we have someone on fraud alert, and it's the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. They are a Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumble and a 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker away from being 0-3, and that includes a loss to the Lions. who yeah, are, a delay of game penalty away. Yeah, who are easily a bottom three putrid team in this league. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Oh, I can't wait. So, <laughs> so I mean, that... that they're, but they're, of course, they're two and one like their record says. But I think this is, uh, as I called the Bears last year, I said, at whatever they were like four and one, as the like, biggest, most fraudulent four and one team ever. I believe we might be seeing a fraudulent Baltimore team at two and one. Um, and now the Denver, look, they're three and zero. Again, wins have come against the Jets and the Jags and the Giants. So, not that they've really beat anybody, but what they've done is they've. Beaten up on the bad teams, which is what you're supposed to do. They've handled their business. So um they've done what a good team would do. Uh they're very good against the run, which is all the Baltimore can really do anyway. So um I'm gonna take the Broncos here minus one at home to um to expose the Ravens as a fraud.
1: And in that like same it. game,
0: in that same game, I have a prop at, uh Tim Patrick, wide receiver three and a half receptions we're obviously going over that and even money on draftings right now he has four three and five catches in their three games this year that's with jerry judy and kj hamler it in the game they're both out now with injuries so i feel like his production might take a slight uptick and i think him getting to four catches is a solid bet this week so over three and a half catches even money on DraftKings for tim patrick is my uh, my final prop bet, and those those two props are going to be officially part of the pod picks, and then the other two picks are you know the ATS are part of my super contest picks. Yeah, good deal. That Denver game hit my
1: radar too. Uh, I, I was close to putting Denver in the mix here, but I'm I not as committed as you are right now to the fraud label. It makes sense though. It's it's uh, it's very logical. So see how see how that goes for you. All right, uh, my last one, as I've alluded to, is. Um, Detroit at Chicago. Chicago's land three. Now, before we get into the game, question here about Nagy. I mean, the guy's a clown uh, <laughs> for a number of reasons. But I mean, he was catching a lot of shit for not starting Fields right away. And yeah. I mean, after watching last week, uh, does he get a little bit of a pass on that? I mean, that was no. I think that was
0: I think bad. he's I think he's trying to get fired. I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not like that joking around. I think that, okay, it's it's either he's that stupid, which I don't think he's dumb, but or he's trying to he's trying to he's either trying to paint a brush the GM with a brush and saying oh no it's him this guy sucks, or I um, mean look he sabotaged Justin Fields last week that that was insane what he did um, I'm sure you've heard all kinds of talk about it but. The fact that they just had drop back passes to the same point where oh. Miles and Garrett, Jadavia and Claudius, I'll see you there in two seconds. It was insane what they were doing. So I I, I think, well, it, was, I think well, it was sabotaging well, uh, Justin Fields.
1: I, I'm not, I, I don't think this is indicative of Justin Fields' career, but I, I mean it looked bad. And you can you can blame Nagy if you want to. I, I, I mean, the guy completed six passes, man. He was six to 20. 3.4 yeah, yards per attempt. I mean that's yeah, but, that's not good. No, no, look,
0: none of it was good. I'm just saying that what do you want to roll him out and move
1: the pocket more or whatever, stuff like that? Run God, some read
0: options. You haven't had this guy for you haven't just had this guy. You drafted him in April. You've known you're probably gonna start him at some point. Gimme that's what you're throwing out there against Miles Garrett? You're insane. Okay. So, All right, so well, I I, he, I,
1: your is no.
0: Uh he doesn't get any credit
1: uh, probably <laughs> to not put him out there, your answer is sabotage. Okay. Well uh, I think the sabotage happens uh, another week. Uh, I, I mean, he just looked so bad last week. I, I didn't see any bright spots from from Fields in that offense. It was horrific. The Lions, the other hand, their defense uh, played played pretty tough against Baltimore. Um, I know you think Baltimore's frauds right now, but still, it was a good it was a good defensive performance. Um, you know, the, the Lions, each game, have had a competent half of offense. I know that's not saying a ton, but it's at least a half, which a competent half of offense will definitely beat that uh, Bears team we saw on the field last week, for sure. I mean, they're not scoring a lot of points. We know that. And I still think you know, that's a demoralizing loss they took last week with the penalty that should have been called, which would have made that a 71-yarder, which would not have been good. Um, but I, I still think they're going to try and keep this group together, keep some confidence. or oh, confidence. the spirits up i guess but you know keep the energy going that they need i still think campbell's got that for a few more weeks uh hopefully they get a couple wins along the way to to extend that throughout the season um yeah so i just i like lines week i think offensively golf's getting more comfortable i think they found something um run the offense through the running backs both you know passing and and obviously heavy run but i think it's he's he's comfortable with that and that goes well uh, against the bears d uh, the Bears gave up 239 total yards to running backs last week. Um, so I think that's enough to uh, to outpace fields. And, you know, lastly, we all know I need a win this week, so going with the Lions team makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was a great way to end. The Going with yep. the Lions team makes – I can't I can't decide if I want that or a Carson Wentz-led offense to be the clip next week. All right? Big decision. That's, big tough big decision. Yeah. that's a tough
1: one, yeah. That's a tough one. Any decision. Right. No, no. Well, oh, go ahead. No, you're you're through with your picks, right? No, that's it. That's five. Okay. I was just gonna ask about the the uh, Wolves Badgers. If you have a, if you have a hot take on that
0: one. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. So. Obviously, we were texting last week. Some, you know, we, we always like to say, you know, about quarterbacks, like this guy or that guy. We, we texted. I said, you <laughs> It's no. not good. <laughs> Mertz was in there a lot for those. And then on Sunday, it was very funny. He said, Fields or Mertz. So that, <laughs> that, that was good. Um, uh, no, so I, I, here's the deal. I, I'm sure you've seen this stat or, or heard this somewhere. But, um, you know, Michigan isn't passing the ball at all. Right. Um, the, the only teams that have passed less are all the service academies. I Army mean, Navy. That, that's, a, that's a real stat. That's a real stat so yeah, what,
1: what did they throw what was it something like 44 yards last week Bad yeah was, yeah
0: I, right so and so it is the deal they all they want to do is run the ball with uh, blake Corum and hassan haskins which is fine except that wisconsin's given up literally like 25 rushing yards a game uh, i think they're the best rush defense in the nation they just completely took away kyron williams who was a phenomenal running back for notre dame <laughs> And the conditions on Saturday are supposed to be kind of like, I think it's going to be rainy and like, oh boy, it's, it's not supposed to be great. So I don't see Michigan being able to run the ball very effectively after also getting pretty much uh, kind of impeded a little bit by Rutgers. Their running backs, their running backs yeah. were held a 3.3 yard per carry against Rutgers. So Rutgers kind of, they, they have a stingy defense, but I mean, I think Wisconsin is better than that. So I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. And then you have a quarterback where you're, you you haven't let pass the ball at all. So you now you're, you're going to expect him to pass the ball on this team. So I'm just like, I I think it's a tough spot for the Wolves. Um, I don't think either team is very good. You know, you know my thoughts about Graham Mertz, but yeah, yeah, I I would I would go Badgers here. But I think it's going to be like the over I think it's 43.
1: Yeah, 43. I, think, yeah it's
0: 43. I think it's I think it's going under. Yeah, I think so too, like 10-7 or
1: something, like a 13-10. It's going to be just stupid, especially if you're saying it's rainy and stuff. Like, it's just going to be just old school, old school Big Ten football.
0: Yeah, so, and and I think both teams are very, uh, just, I think they're very uh, stubborn. I don't think Michigan's going to try to, you know, they're they're still going to try to run the ball. That's all they're going to do. So, yeah, Uh, I, I would go Badgers under, Doctor. All right, I like it. I like it. So, all right.
1: Well, that's all I got.
0: All right. Well, uh, hey, it's been great. I, I, hope, uh, I hope. I uh, hope all the sense that you made tonight uh, pays <laughs> off on on Sunday, and we can get back on track. So, uh, until next time.
1: All right. Sounds good, Bob.
0: We'll see you. See ya. <laughs> All right, that is it for episode 58. I want to thank all you guys for listening and we will see you next time.